Tonight, we are talking the remake of a Stephen King classic in the 2022 version of Firestarter. And we're also looking like what would happen if Bandersnatch did not have the choose your own adventure elements. All that and more tonight in T Watches a Scary Movie. Welcome to another brand new episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. I, of course, am T, and we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in. New episodes go up every Wednesday night. The video version that hopefully you're watching and seeing my handsome face here right now. 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time every Wednesday night on the YouTube page, which is YouTube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. Again, that's YouTube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie to see the video version. And our audio-only version goes up on all your favorite podcasting platforms. So uh, Podbean and Audi uh, Amazon Music and uh, 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 Audible and all that good stuff there. Now, we're on all that stuff now. That goes up half an hour earlier at 8 p.m. Mountain Standard Time every Wednesday night if you're just trying to listen to it rather than catch the video. So make sure you're checking that out as well, too. And, of course... We want you to go and join our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash groups slash T scary movie. Again, that's facebook.com slash groups slash T scary movie. Join our Facebook groups. You can find out about our watch parties. We do have a link to our discord here over to the right. That's where we do our watch parties at. Those happen every Wednesday night after the new episode. So we usually watch at least one, but usually two movies that I'm talking about here in the show. Today, for example, we're gonna be watching Firestarter and Choose or Die. So you wanna make sure you get to the Facebook group or just go directly to the Discord link there so you can join in and have some fun with us. So what do we have to talk about tonight? We already said that we're gonna be reviewing Choose or Die, Netflix's new, again, Bandersnatch, less they choose your own adventure elements. And we're also gonna be talking about Peacock's new uh, adaptation of Firestarter starring Zac Efron. So that's what we're reviewing tonight, but we have any news to talk about. Well, Evil Dead the Game just released this past Friday in all of its deadite, limb cutting off glory. And folks, I have not had much of a chance to play it. My work schedule has been insane. Uh, in the, over the last few weeks here, but it's starting to slow down here. I got like a couple of weeks left and I can really get into the meat of things. So um, I'm going to be reviewing Evil Dead the game. And I think I said it was going to be a part of next week where I was going to be talking the house on Sorority Row and the Hitcher. That's going to be in our classics week. Um, but I don't think I'm going to have enough time to get the information that I need to give it the review it deserves. So we're likely going to save that a few weeks until I can actually get the time off. I need to play this a little more and give it a proper review. We'll see. Stranger things have happened, so I still could be reviewing it next week. But I've been having fun playing it so far. Uh, my beta stats did not transfer over, so I got I to start Scotty from the very beginning, which absolutely sucks. But that's okay. I've been having a lot of fun playing through the missions, especially because the first mission is kind of doing a recreation of 
uh, Evil Dead 1, Evil Dead 2, basically, to where you're playing as Ash in the cabin. You have to go and uh, you have to bury Linda's head at this point now. You have to go and uh, put her at rest finally. And so I got to play a little bit of that. Still haven't beaten it yet because I just haven't had the time. But I am looking forward to putting some time into Evil Dead, the game, which has been awesome. And everybody has been playing that from what I've been seeing. But what else? Uh, this week, they finally released the trailer for Prey, the upcoming Predator. Pre uh, Predator I would say prequel, but I don't think it really matters because it's not like any of these Predator films like tie into each other. With the exception of like Aliens vs. Predator and then Alien vs. Predator Requiem. Those are like the only movies that actually have direct ties that have to do with any kind of timing. This film uh, will be coming out on August 5th of this year on Hulu, um, and it's being brought to us by Dan Trachenberg, who you might recognize from 10 Cloverfield Lane, um, and it stars Amber Midhunter as a Comanche woman who goes against gender norms and traditions to become a warrior. Now, the idea here is that uh, the Comanche tribe that uh, this woman will be a part of has been targeted by the predator. As we know, predators come down to earth or wherever else to hunt something locally and basically gain those skills. Now, I don't know if this is gonna have any kind of tie in to the most recent entry in the series, The Predator, um, done by Shane Black, who of course was in the original Predator film as well too. But uh, that film kind of updated the information that predators are basically studying and evolving from each like different hunt that they go on. They're taking traits from the people that they're hunting and kind of making themselves better. So we don't know if that's going to be something that's going to be followed up on here in Prey. Um, if it did happen, that's cool because I do like the Predator now. I didn't like those aspects of that story, but I'm okay if that gets featured in it. So if I decide to put that in, that's fine. But I get the feeling we're not really going to be going there with it because it does very much seem like obviously we are not set in modern day which means that a lot of the scientific part of it that we usually get in predator films with the exception of predators uh because that's the other one they didn't really have that whole little science element to it but uh we're not going to really get that in this film it's really just going to be about this one woman probably trying to prote uh, protect her people from this warrior from the stars that's coming down to massacre probably all of them so it looks cool we only got a short teaser for it but we don't have to wait that long obviously it's may right now we literally have less than three months until this film comes out so we're hoping for the best on this one but we did get the teaser you want to check that out it's coming to hulu on august 5th that is prey also in movie news and horror movie news we found out that hocus pocus 2 the long-awaited follow-up to the Disney classic picture starring Bette Mil uh, Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and Kathy Najimy is coming out on September 30th, 2022. So just in time to start off October and get everybody feeling right for the Halloween season. I do think that's perfect timing because I like to start the Halloween season in September, but I get it. They're trying to start it literally right before to get everybody in the right mood. You watch this, you watch the original Hocus Pocus, and then if you're going to Disney at all uh, during the Halloween season, maybe you'll see the Sanderson sisters out there. So that's pretty awesome to hear that this film does finally have a release date. We knew it was coming out this uh, this year. Without question, it was for sure going to be coming out this fall. We knew that, again, uh, our original three actresses, the Sanderson sisters, were all going to be coming back. Um, 
We also know that uh, uh, Doug Jones is coming back as Billy Butcherson. And uh, we've been hearing some rumors about some of the other original cast members as well, too. You know, we don't know for sure if Om Omri Katz or Thora Bur Birch or Vanessa Shaw, if any of those three are going to be coming back. We're crossing our fingers for it, though, that we could see one or two or maybe all of them in it as well to join the new cast of characters that's going to be going up against the Sanderson sisters. So we do have a date, September 30th. We got something great to look forward to so that's gonna do it here for movie news it's time to get into some reviews folks and we're gonna start right off the jump here with 2022's new adaptation of the Stephen King classic Firestarter now I reviewed the original film just a couple of weeks ago that starred Drew Barrymore as the, the title character a girl who has uh, the pyrokinetic ability to light fires basically she can summon and control fires from within herself she's kind of a little bit like the human torch a little bit like pyro you know if you're going the comic book route there but the idea is that this little girl is on the run with her father from a government agency that wants to capture them and use them for the same thing that all government agencies want to as weapons and it's about this father and daughter trying to stay one head uh one step ahead of this government agency in order to keep themselves free now the original film when i reviewed it i said that it was an enjoyable film but it absolutely was not no shape way or form a horror film it just wasn't it, there's no way at all you could interpret this to be a horror film um, but there were a lot of beats that kind of fell in line with like, you know, uh, very fast paced action suspense movies. You can see a lot of similarities with like something in the realm of X-Men as well too, which I'm sure is kind of like intentional, especially with the new adaptation that we're getting here. But there was a lot to be missed in that first film. Uh, the good points about it for sure was watching the pursuit of Redbird, played by George C. Scott in the original, a little bit on the cringe side. Uh, we love George C. Scott, but just a little bit cringe to see somebody like him playing the character of Redbird, who is this Native American assassin. It just, it just doesn't seem right if you, if you catch my drift of what I'm going for. And here in the remake, we've kind of updated a lot of these story points. So we're still following this family. Uh, Andy McGee played by Zac Efron. Um, his wife, uh, sh uh, his wife Victoria played by Sydney Lemon. And then their daughter, Charlie played by Ryan Armstrong. This family is currently on the run from this government agency, The Shop. Now, the idea is, is that Andy and Vicky both uh, participated in this study back in college to where they basically had changes made to them. So they are both uh, given powers. Andy, uh, Andy and Vic, uh, excuse me, Andy and, and uh, Vicky both are telekinetics so they can move things with, uh, uh, excuse me, Andy is a telepathic. So he can read your mind and he can also implant thoughts into your mind as well too. Whereas Vicky is a telekinetic to where she can use her mind to move things. So the two of them had these powers and through the two of them having a child, Charlie, Charlie seems to have given, been given these new powers of pyro, uh, pyrokinesis, which basically means she can start fires. Now, Right off the jump, the story's not really going to change that much here, okay? the uh, And I'm not really going to reference the book at all because the thing is, I've never read the story, and so I can't really comment on how accurate the story is to, or how accurate the films are to the story. But what I can tell you is, in the original film, the crux of this really was Andy and Charlie roaming around the United States just trying to stay away from the shop. 
Um, Andy would very, very sporadically use his powers for them to make money, uh, to get rides, to get people to trust them, just so they could stay alive and stay out of the clutches of the shop, this government agency, for one more day. And the thing is that we got it. It made complete sense. There was nothing different from any other film. You know, we've probably seen to where you know, somebody's on the run from a government agency. And that's not a knock against it. There was just nothing special at all about it. And then about midway through the film, they caught Andy and Charlie. And then the rest of the film was about the shop trying to push the two of them into doing what they want. Like, hey, you know, we are really trying to help you. We're curious about what you can do, all this kind of stuff. But you got to do some stuff for us now because they're trying to turn them into assassins. So the rest of the film was Redbird trying to basically gain Charlie's trust to do what the shop wanted her to do, which is harness her powers for their purposes. All the while disabling Andy because they can't get Charlie to do what they want if Andy's still in the picture. Uh, this new film actually doesn't put as much of a focus on the shop. The new film interestingly enough i i got very pet cemetery vibes from it which i get of course that that might seem obvious because it's another stephen king adaptation and it's another remake we've gotten a lot of remakes of stephen king stephen king movies and uh works there in the last like decade or so and something about firestarter just seems very very similar to the pet cemetery remake that came out a few years ago with jason clark as well too it might be the lighting might be the feel of it but um, most of Stephen King's stories all take place in the same area, and even though this version of Firestarter doesn't, you would be uh, you wouldn't be remiss for thinking that the old Pet Cemetery is right around the right around the cor corner from the Crandall's places uh, Crandall's place here in Firestarter, where this family is at for most of the movie. Now, um, they chose this time to instead focus more on the relationship between Vicky and Andy. And Charlie, because if you recall, Heather Locklear played Vicky in the original film, and she wasn't really featured that much in the film. It's kind of one of her first roles that she had. But in this one, Vicky is actually one of our lead characters. She actually has a significant amount of time in the film, and her story is actually kind of really important to Charlie's. Because in this version of the film, Vicky is very adamant that Charlie needs to learn how to use her powers, how to harness her powers, because if she doesn't, you know, worse things are going to happen as we can see Vicky gets set on fire in an argument at the house between the three by Charlie. And Vicky doesn't want things like that to continue happening to other random people. So she firmly believes that her and Andy need to train Charlie to use these powers right. Whereas Andy believes they just need to stuff it away because if they stuff it away, she doesn't use it. Nothing wrong can happen. But as we know from the original film, and as we can assume, because of course it's a Stephen King story, there's no way that that's going to work. Just keeping it hidden down and trying to stay ahead of this agency, that's just not going to work. That's not going to cut the mustard in the least bit. And of course, the shop finds out where Andy, Charlie, and Vicky are, and they decide to activate telekinetic assassin John Redbeard to find them and bring them back to the shop. Now, right off the jump there, they make the character of Redbeard different from what he was in the original film. In the original film, Redbeard had a lot more aut uh, aut uh, autonomy. He was very much a willing, uh, willing worker of the shop. He was pretty much a higher up with them. Like he wasn't a prisoner of them. He was one of their employees, and he did their willing or did their bidding willingly. Now, when it came to his relationship with Charlie, he did sense something different with her, and he knew that ultimately Charlie likely had to die in order to save the world. 
This version plays it up a little bit differently. This version decides to go the route that all of these people that the shop have experimented on have some kind of connection with each other. Now, that doesn't mean that they're not gonna hurt or harm each other in the least bit, but they all seemingly have some kind of connection to each other to the point to where, you know, like we talk about, and I hate using X-Men for it, but X-Men makes the most sense, but like we're fellow brothers, we're fellow sisters, you're my mother, you're my daughter, things like that. And that's a big part of this film is that we're shown that Charlie herself has so much importance to her. Um, she's the first known uh, known case of somebody being born with these powers. Because remember, Andy and Vicky, they got these injected. These were done through experimentation. And then they had Charlie, and Charlie got her powers from them. And that also brings up another point to where it, it's definitely going to differ from the original film as well, too. In the original film, Charlie is just a pyrokinetic. That's it. She can just control fires. But in this film, we find out Charlie actually has all the powers of her parents as well, too. Now, they might not be as strong, but Charlie definitely has not only her pyrokinetic powers, but she has the powers of both Andy and Vicky in smaller batches as well. So that adds some intrigue to what Charlie could do this time versus what she could do in the original film. Now, I did like the idea of not putting as much focus into the shop because while that made sense in the original film, in today's day and age, you have to imagine that a younger dad like Zac Efron is portraying knows a lot more about like the people you can trust and the things that he's seen in this world. So I don't think it would have made that much sense to have Charlie go to uh, go to this government agency and really believe like, oh, I'm learning to use my powers for good and this is a good thing and we're gonna do good things. Because Charlie is also portrayed to be a little bit more mature than Drew Barrymore's version was in the original film. And again, that's a really that like that's a really cool part about the film, I personally believe, is that Charlie is a little bit more capable, she's a little bit more aware, she's a little bit more competent. Like this is a girl that actually has critical thinking. And that's not to say Drew Barrymore didn't. That's not a knock on Drew Barrymore in the least bit, but her Charlie in the original film was very much a kid, very much somebody who was just looking for her parents and that it, and that's it. This Charlie we can see has issues. She can think, she has thoughts, she's her own person. And that's gonna change the way that she interacts with the people around her. Now, I don't wanna spoil anything, but what I will say is that this film does have more horror beats than the original film. They do play that up a little bit nicely compared to that original movie. And that's needed because I didn't think the original film was a horror, a horror movie in the least bit. It's not bad, but it's very underwhelming. And especially if you present it to somebody as a horror film. Uh, this movie is absolutely way more of a horror film than the original one is, but it's also not scary. And that should be understandable because when you really think about it, while there are a number of folks with all these powers in this movie, the majority of them are good. Matter of fact, without spoiling anything, all of them are good that have these powers. And that's very much a pointed twist from the original film because even Redbird in the original movie didn't have powers and they take some liberties with that in this film as well too. What I will say is that we have no ambigu ambiguity about who we're rooting for in this film. We are still rooting for Andy, for Charlie and Vicky to beat the shop and get away from them. And the question is, will it work out the same way? Because if you've seen the original film, you know what happens. Charlie ends up destroying the shop and every single one of their employees and ends up with the family that her and Andy had uh, stayed away or hide it out with earlier in the film. Will that happen in this one? You got to check it out to see for yourself. Now, 
I'm not saying that it is above criticism because some of the dialogue in this film is a little bit over the top. And again, you would think that based on some of the choices that Zac Efron's Andy makes throughout the film, that he wouldn't be as dumb as he is in certain situations. There's certain things that he does that seems to just straight up invite the attention of the shop to find them and to capture them. So the dialogue is not all great in this. And I absolutely could have uh, handled a few more scenes of seeing Charlie use her powers for good. Because in the original film, when uh, like the shop shows up at the old couple's house, Charlie gets a chance to use her powers to defend her and her dad and this old couple. We don't really get a lot of that before the end, like the, the ending of the film to where Charlie gets to the shop and, you know, all hell breaks loose at that point. And I definitely could have used a little bit more of that. But honestly, this film is going to end up seeming a bit on the lackluster side to a lot of you. So I don't know if even having that really would improved it. I enjoyed it. But I had tempered expectations for it because the original film didn't do anything to set my heart on fire. I know, it's on fire, of course. Uh, but that's that. Check it out. It is free on Peacock right now. It is also in theaters. Probably only going to be in theaters for another week or two. So you definitely want to check that out or catch it free on Peacock. And our second and final movie of the night, we are talking Netflix's Choose or Die. Now, this film tells the story of a young woman who finds a way to make some money if she can beat a video game called Cursor. But unfortunately, she finds out that this game has the ability to affect people in the real world, causing them tremendous pain, and in a lot of cases, death as well, too. So, uh, I saw a lot of people talking about this movie literally a couple days before it came out. And I remember seeing a lot of comparisons to the Black Mirror movie, Bandersnatch. If you haven't seen Bandersnatch, that was the interactive choose-your-own-adventure movie that they did for Netflix, for Black Mirror, uh, about a game designer who's building this game. And uh, the idea is that the game's, like, possessed and it's affecting things that he does in the real world and driving him crazy. But you get to choose the choices of this character in terms of what they're doing. And just like a choose-your-own-adventure, there's different ways to die. There's different things that you can accomplish in the game as well. Uh, you have a lot of different endings that you can get. Very interesting, but it doesn't work as a straightforward movie, obviously, because we lose all those choices that are really fun to see played out when you die and have to start over again. Choose or Die comes off as a version of Bandersnatch with the choose-your-own-adventure uh, choose elements removed. Because we get to see at the start of this film... Uh, this one person who gets to play the cursor game and how that ends up affecting both him and his family and those choices that he makes. Then when our main character gets a copy of the game and starts going through it, you realize that she, like the main character of Bandersnatch, has a bit more in the way of scruples for what she's going to choose to do and what she's going to make people go through as these choices are presented to her. Because all the choices that the characters get throughout this movie end up affecting someone else. They very rarely affect the person who is actually responsible for making that choice. Now, our lead character, Kayla, who is played by Iola uh, 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 Evans, um, she's in a bit of a bad spot. Um, 
her mother is sick and is a drug addict. They're being taken uh, taken advantage of of their landlord as well, and she's trying to better her life to make a uh, make better money for the both of them, get them out of this shitty apartment, and do something. She also has a best friend, Isaac, uh, played by Asa Butterf uh, Butterfield, who you might recognize like from Ender's Game and a number of other projects. Who it, uh, she goes to and sells technology that she finds around town to make a little bit of money and also get information on how to code so again she can help her own her own self get out of the life that she's currently in and when she finds this game choose or die she decides that she's going to cut isaac in and they're going to tackle this game together and split this hundred and twenty five thousand dollar prize but again as we said the moment they start playing the game all these terrible things begin to happen and Kayla has a tough time determining what's real versus what is just in her head as she starts making choices for all these other characters that are out there. Now, Robert England from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street fame pops in as our narrator. He's basically playing a fictionalized version of himself in the game cursor that's kind of leading this along and gives it a little bit more credit. Uh, the depth, the 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 uh, the death scenes and the scenes of the characters interacting with this game—they are absolutely brutal and bloody, and the things that they have to do are a hundred percent messed up. Some characters end up having to eat glass. Some characters end up uh, regurgitating tape film, like literally, like the tape that comes out of like a VHS tape. They end up regurgitating things like that. Some characters have to cut body parts off and harm themselves. It is a very, very much. A brutal brutal film but unfortunately it doesn't really live up to its massive heights the reason why Bandersnatch I think was so interesting is because again we got to really control that narrative in this to where we're seeing the same kind of story really being presented but that choice is taken away from us we're then left with some of the bad choices that these characters are making and there are some bad choices like in every horror movie that end up getting made and unfortunately, that ends up just being a bit on the infuriating side in some of these scenes to where it's not believable. And then on top of that, the characters are just making a lot of situations worse for themselves. Now, I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I did have fun with this movie, but I had recently watched Stay Alive. And again, Bandersnatch had just been stuck in my mind and I, I, I couldn't get the thought out of my head that I had seen the whole video game kills you if you play it motif done better and better films so it's definitely one that you're going to want to check out you're going to get the gore that you want out of this one for sure but you might not get too much else out of it they do leave do the door open for a sequel as well too so it wouldn't shock me that if netflix like the numbers they got back on this that they could produce another one to come out next year it's a run-of-the-mill summer horror film so i could absolutely see that happening but who knows and the last thing i'll say is that the style of the cursor game really did take me back because I used to play a lot of those text adventure games back in the early to mid 90s. I had so much fun with those. And those were really scary because again, you have to envision things in your mind. And so the idea of that kind of game being responsible for killing these people, yeah, I was really into that. I really enjoyed that quite a bit. So that is it there you can check out again choose or die on netflix you can check out firestarter on peacock you want to make sure to check those out don't forget next week you want to come back because we are in our classics week again and we are talking the original house on sorority row and we're talking the hitcher two great movies to keep on getting us into another summer of horror and 
I'm still keeping up with my 365 days of horror, folks. I just got done watching uh, The Sadness the other night. Oh, man, that is a zombie movie that is absolutely depraved. It is on Shudder. Check it out if you can. If you make it past the first kill, you'll make it through the rest of the movie. I had to watch it in two different spurts. But that's going to do it for me, folks. Get to the Discord or get to the Facebook group to where you can find more information on Join the Discord. My name is T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared.